0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: It is the second hour of Pure Opelka on this uh, amazing day, Thursday. So much going on today, and of course in the middle of everyone's to-do list is to find out what the heck's going on with North Korea and their threat now to drop four missiles in the area around Guam. Hmm. Let's see, what could they be up to? What could they be up to? North Korea is not going to launch a nuclear attack on Guam. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. I think Kim Jong-un is definitely trying to do what, uh, what he knows will bring people to the negotiating table and that he's going to continue to make those nuclear bombs, continue working on the miniaturization that they now believe they have, and the ability for that ICBM to re-enter the atmosphere without burning up. But he wants to get America's attention, and the place where we have the B-1 bombers that did the flyover last week is the Air Force Base in Guam. So you drop four missiles around the island to, to make a statement. Now, whether or not we'd be able to shoot those missiles down, we still have to see, because those are 2,300-mile range missiles uh, that, that we have to deal with, if, in fact, they ever get launched. They're not exactly known for their precision, the North Korean missile program. It's currently kind of under development. So the president is having meetings today. The president is taking meetings with his security team and having his national security group get together and he's being briefed on all of this. And I know he had lunch with the vice president on his agenda as well. So I think we're on it. And I mentioned earlier with Doc Thompson on The Morning Blaze, I really think that this administration is finally showing itself as having a little bit of, uh, I guess you would say, 3D chess ability. Early in the administration, when it looked like the White House was in a little bit of disarray, the mainstream media was fond of mocking the Trump administration and saying that this White House was playing checkers while the rest of the world was playing 3D chess. They were all over it. It was an analogy that they used to mock the White House. Well, I actually think... I think that th- this is proof, at least yesterday, is proof that the White House is starting to play some pretty serious 3D checkers or 3D chess. And wh- why am I thinking this? Well, I think it comes from the fact that Donald Trump went out and made the, the big statement that everybody lost their mind over How dare he say fire and fury like the world has never seen before? And then you had Rex Tillerson say, what? Tillerson said, I'm sleeping comfortably. There's no imminent threat. America should sleep comfortably, too. And then General Mattis steps up, and he's the the third level in this. And Mattis says, we need North Korea to abandon, not to stop, not to pause, but to abandon this program which means shut it down and step away from it or else they risk the future of the regime. Now, that statement we mentioned briefly yesterday, that statement from Mattis is designed to send a clear message not just to North Korea and Kim Jong-un, but also to China and Russia that our main objective here is to shut down the The production of these nuclear missiles and make sure North Korea does not become a full-on nuclear nation and then get rid of Kim Jong-un which is the regime. Now if you listen to the author who was on with Glenn Beck today you heard a guy saying that this this country total indoctrination pretty much by a majority of the citizens and they worship the leaders they truly are dear leaders in the minds of these people. So what happens if dear leader is removed? Well, that's going to cause a huge problem now, isn't it? Yes, it will. So I'm, I'm happy to see that it appears based on these, these three statements from the Secretary of State. And then you got Mathis, guy looking at all of our defense options and the president, the commander in chief. Between the three of them, I think there's some statecraft going on here. And it's going to make people like Gloria Borger and Brian Williams and former Ambassador Wendy Sherman nuts. Why? Because back in May, those folks were talking about the president in uh, less than flattering terms, right, Mr. Williams? Well, that was the point a senior State Department official uh, made on, uh, on this network tonight, that coming off the European trip, it is clear to her that um, everyone else is playing chess. The American president is playing checkers. I don't know if you could say that today, Brian Williams. I really don't think you can. He, of course, was talking about former Ambassador Wendy Sherman. Yes, I think, Lawrence, many people have said, and I think it's a great line, that President Trump plays checkers while all of these other leaders are playing chess. They see all
0: of the moves on the chessboard, and they know that this is not a one-dimensional transactional
1: time of life where you just sort of say, if you give me this, I'll give you that. It really is an understanding of history. It's an understanding of all of the ties of history. Hmm. I wonder what Wendy Sherman's saying today. Now, granted, we're, we're not yet at a resolution of the crisis that we're currently embroiled in. We're not at a point where North Korea is saying, you know, you're right. We're going to abandon this program. Give us potatoes or whatever they want. But it certainly does feel like if you just judge it yesterday, if you, if you were to step back, remove the players and remove the emotion Because there are so many people who can't get past the name Trump. Five letters that can make a liberal a progressive apoplectic. Those five letters. If you were to say that President Obama, when he heard about the, uh, the North Korean nuclear miniaturization, that President Obama said, you know what? If they do decide, if they continue to threaten, we're going to unleash the full fire and fury of the United States military, they would, they would have tears in their eyes as their dear leader. Barack Obama would have stood up strongly in defending freedom from our, for our partners and for our nation and protecting us. I guarantee you that would happen. So if you remove the names from this and you hear what's going on. Secretary of State stopped off to get some gas in Guam yesterday. The Guamanians are not freaking out. And frankly, they're the ones who should be freaking out. And have we seen a mass exodus from from Seoul, South Korea? Yeah, people are a little on edge, but they've been on edge since the armistice was signed. And it ebbs and flows. So why are we obsessed right here? Five letters. T-R-U-M-P. It's just five letters. It's making them crazy. I don't, I don't feel that this administration currently, even though maybe a month ago I might have felt differently, but I think since the realignment in the White House, I don't think this administration is is going to make a snap judgment and and punch the nuclear codes into the briefcase from, from Bedminster, New Jersey, anytime soon. No. I don't think that's going to happen. What I do think is going to happen is you're going to see something, maybe a resolution of this, before Congress comes back. Because wouldn't that be amazing for them – To come back after their recess and have to say, good job, Mr. President. Oh, it would kill Nancy Pelosi. It would kill Harry, not Harry Reid, it would kill Chuck Schumer. It would probably give John McCain some little heartburn, too. To have to look at Donald Trump and say, good job, sir, you solved that problem. And I'm sure somebody would say, well, I'm sure it was Tillerson or Mattis that solved it. But we got to give him the credit, the tight jaws that would be witnessed. Just amazing. Do you think I'm right? Do do I have this one pegged? We'll talk about that. Plus, I told you about the giant chicken. We have to get to the giant chicken and um, Clemson University doing something dumb. No, it's not as dumb as the thing that almost happened in Athens, Georgia. And we'll almost happened. We'll get into that next on Pure Opelka.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: to Pure Michael the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. There were a couple of freakouts in the nation's capital yesterday. I don't know if you if you caught the uh, the freakouts that were happening. Had nothing to do with North Korea. Zero. Zero to do with North Korea. Freakouts, absolute freakouts in the nation's capital yesterday one of them had to do with a uh, a low-flying russian jet a fighter jet a low-flying russian fighter jet that was seen as low as i think 3000 feet which that's not a lot of feet in terms of uh in terms of airplanes, because, you know, you're, when you're flying from New York to L.A., you're flying at 30,000 feet, sometimes a little higher. You're talking a tenth of that. You're talking people can look out and see you. 3,000 feet. Now, here's the weird part. That, that Russian jet, that Russian fighter jet that was flying over what you might call high-value targets... In, in Washington, D.C., they flew over the White House. They flew over uh, the Pentagon. They were flying over all of the D.C. area. The fighter jet, the Russian fighter jet, clearly marked Russian fighter jet, also flew over Bedminster, New Jersey. Why? Why? Because we've had an agreement to do just that with not just the Russians, but others for quite some time. We've been doing this over and over and over again. This is not a new thing. This is one of the things that we have said, yeah, okay, we're good with that. Yeah, well, you can fly over our space and we'll fly over yours. And yeah, that happens every year that goes on. All the time. And guess what else happens? There's an American service person on the Russian fighter jet. And guess what else? There are no weapons. But they're allowed to go over. These are, these are our friends. Yeah, air quotes because it's Russia. These are our friends that we allow to fly over sensitive areas in our country. In, in the interest of transparency. And they allow us to do the same thing. So everybody just needs to calm down a little bit just relax it's not a big deal there's nothing nothing nefarious about this so if you saw people that were freaking out yesterday on the Twitter you can send them a calm down message but it just it happens all the time we just need to be cool about it now there was something else that happened yesterday that I thought was kind of funny and the blaze newsroom the two of the uh, folks who work out of the DC office were saying oh my gosh were running down towards the White House because a giant chicken was spotted. A giant inflatable chicken which happened to look like the president if you were on some sort of acid trip. But it had Trump hair. And when Shepard Smith noticed it in the background of the D.C. report he was receiving, he had to bring it up. Before we go, behind
0: the White House, over your shoulder, there, we see this shot all the time, What? what is that? Shep, it appears to be a very large chicken display. A what? Seriously? It, well, I'm looking at the same uh, images that, that you are up over up. my shoulder. Uh, That's right. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of information other than to tell you that that chicken is not something that is normally present at that location behind the White House. But that's, that's not in the secure area. That's a place where people might come and demonstrate or something? Uh, it appears uh, from this vantage point that that would be somewhere in the uh, ellipse area. You know, the whole area obviously is under a lot of security uh, surveillance, but uh, possibly uh, not an area where that would be uh, kept physically out of the way.
1: Well, chicken on the lawn. Josh Letterman, nice, nice to speak with you. It's a, thanks, Josh, very much. Looks like there are people up on top of the White House. There were people up on top of the White House and it wasn't a sniper squad. It was probably some of the people who were doing the the uh, repair work because the White House has some roof leaks that we heard about and some other work that's being done to modernize the White House. But when this giant inflatable chicken appeared on the horizon, several people ran up there to get pictures of it. All I want to know is... Uh, where do you get a giant inflatable chicken with Donald Trump's hair on it? And and how much does it cost and how easy is it is it to transport that thing around the country? I do remember at CPAC, and if I can find it somewhere, I'll pull it out. There was a chicken with Donald Trump's hair at CPAC this year. And there was a guy in a chicken suit walking around taking pictures with people, uh, and he had Donald Trump's hair, and he was calling the president a chicken for some reason. Uh, I'm not sure why. Well, you know, Washington, D.C. But uh, I I happen to love Shepard Smith's reaction to the chicken. He's one of the only reasons I can watch Fox News during the day because the the rest of the time, day and night, I pretty much know what I'm going to get. I know I'm going to get everything that's in sync with the White House, which that's fine. Support the White House. Yes. But we have to be able to call them out when we don't agree with him. We have to be able to do that. If not, we're just we're servants and we'll be foolish. Still to come today, uh, just around the corner, the uh, the mad Cuban Carl Ruiz is scheduled to talk to us after the bottom of the hour. He knows the chef behind next week's Cheetos pop-up restaurant in New York City. So we'll try and get the straight scoop from the Cuban on whatever the heck is happening with that strange restaurant. And uh, before we step out of this hour, I want to make sure I remind you, Relief Factor is what I use to deal with inflammation my joints, my, my knees, my neck, my back. And I take Relief Factor three times a day. It's all natural. It's botanicals and fish oil, wild harvested fish oil. That's important. And this natural combination works to eliminate the irritation and the inflammation in my joints. And guess what? That, that eliminates the need for any painkillers for me. I take Relief Factor because it allows me to do more again. I'm out every morning knocking out at least two miles if you want to try it, get the three-week quick start pack. That's what I recommend. Nineteen ninety-five, less than a cup of coffee a day. You can call them at 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, or go to relieffactor.com and get a little more information on it. It's helped me get back into my active lifestyle. 80% of the people who get the three-week quick start pack, reorder it. When we get back, Cheetos, a restaurant that has appetizers, entrees, and desserts with Cheetos involved. Good idea? Bad idea? We'll ask celebrity chef Carl Ruiz. The Mad Cuban joins us next on Puro Pelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. The uh, phones are open, 888 900 It's kind of a food day, and yeah, we're going to get it's back fine. to the craziness uh, that's going on in the uh, South Pacific and in the Pacific Rim nations. We'll update you whenever anything pops as the president is having National Security Council meetings on North Korea. I'm telling you, I don't think anything big is going to happen on this, and now that We're seeing the triangulation between the president, Rex Tillerson, Secretary of State, and General Mattis. I really think you're seeing that this is how you box in this guy. Because he thinks he he was pulling out a Sun Tzu move from the art of war when he tried to go after Trump and insult him and irritate him when he made fun of him playing golf. I think that's what Kim Jong-un was doing. But these three guys all came at him from different angles. Trump went right at him with the direct threat of the fury and the fire. And Mattis said basically, we're not worried, no imminent threat. I mean, uh, that was Tillerson. Mattis is the one who said, you better abandon his nuclear ambitions or the regime will end. He didn't talk about wiping out the people. He talked about ending the regime. And the the regime is really only one guy. So three pretty well-crafted statements, if you ask me. But we'll get into that again. Yesterday, I mentioned something kind of freaky. And this was the Cheetos restaurant that is uh, uh, popping up uh, next week on the 15th in Manhattan. Cheetos is going to open up a three-day-only pop-up restaurant. And, you know, uh, as fascinated as I am with this, as curious as I am and as interested as I am in, in showing up and being inside to see all this stuff, uh, I also have to get professional help to understand it. So I reached out to our friend, Carl Ruiz. Carl and his wife run Marie's Italian Specialties in Chatham, New Jersey. And if you're smart enough, you probably have watched Carl on several different shows on the Food Network. But we've taken him away from some sauce that he was working on to to try and dive down into this. I also want to get his opinion on this, because Cheetos, let's face it, Cheetos in recipes, it's kind of crazy. But Carl, are are you going to be in town to stop by the Spotted Cheetah restaurant when it opens? I am
0: not going to be in town, but I have two friends of mine who I called who are going uh, for me, and I trust their palates. And they're not happy about it either.
1: They're not happy about it? How could you not be happy about it? Cheetos.
0: Well, first of all, when when a marketing company opens a pop up, I always get scared, right? <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's it's what's happening right now, Mike, in the in the food world. It's this is a symptom of an even bigger problem, which is if you go on social media, there's a lot of thirty second videos showing you know pretty creative food with uh, pedestrian ingredients. Meanwhile, you know, the big three, Food & Wine, uh, Bon Appetit, and Gourmet, are lost in, in uh, ingredient hell. You know, super foodie stuff that no one can afford, that no one can even acquire. So you're, you're seeing a giant disconnect between what the average American finds interesting and what a bunch of snotty chefs in New York City think is interesting. So... <laughs> This is uh, this is the culmination of it. A complete disaster.
1: And you enter into this, the marketing company that says, I know, let's take Cheetos and turn it into a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, the pop up should be in a college dorm, not in Manhattan, <laughs> you
0: know,
1: you, you know, uh, or or at a at a a state fair, because I, I look at the menu, yeah. Carl. And I see Cheetos crusted fried pickles and creamy ranch, you know, dipping sauce. And I think, right. okay, I would get that at a state fair. I could go for that. Right. right. So, you know, that, that it's, sounds it's interesting. A bunch,
0: a bunch of New Yorkers just trying to be relevant with the rest of the country. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, I, I overlooked some of the, some of the recipes. They look pretty harmless. Um, But everything's going to taste like Cheetos. And don't wear a white shirt when you go there, (laughs) because you're going to look crazy.
1: (laughs) So what you're saying is there's going to be Cheeto dust everywhere.
0: (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm going to wait five years later for all the lawsuits for the people that are getting lung problems from the Cheeto dust. (laughs) from Making all this food.
1: <laughs> Is there? I, I looked over the menu. and We kind of touched it yesterday. The flaming hot and white cheddar mac and cheese, Cheetos, right. uh, yeah. the the chicken Milanese that has a, a Cheetos crust on it. Does any oh, of this boy. look like it could be good? Well, here's the thing. I mean,
0: they're using Ann Burrell. Ann Burrell's a you know a, a trusted, tired, and true Food Network chef. So I think she's going to. If there's anyone that's going to be able to help this as a professional, you know, um, and kind of make this close to palatable, Oh, God. It's, I cringe just thinking about it.
1: She's the one with the spiky hair, right? She's a little over the right. top
0: anyway. She is very over the top. And, and you know, that's great that they're using her because I think she's going to have fun with it. But, you know, she's she's a classically trained chef, which, uh, you know, she's been in all the Iron Chefs. She's Myra Batali's right-hand girl, you know. And so... I mean, she knows how to make things. I'll tell you that much, you know, so.
1: I think they missed an opportunity here, you know, because what is the main color in Cheetos is orange. And what is is the what is the color that's so often associated with this president?
0: It's orange. But guess what? If I bet you they did another study and they figured out most people that love Cheetos voted for the guy that's orange. So I think they just stayed away from that. (laughs) Well, that's.
1: I think <laughs> That's that would a, be a
0: bad idea.
1: <laughs> a really good point. <laughs> so the, the the so your buddies got in. I was trying to weasel my way in. I'm currently on some lengthy waiting list. But it's only three days that they're doing this. It's a miniature pop up thing. I think you nailed it, Carl. If if they could have put this and packaged it and taken it to college campuses around the country, you've right. got the you've got the captive audience, you've got the stoner factor. And, right. you know, you've you've got the the youth in, injection there. I think that would have made better sense. Yeah. And the youth is very, very creative,
0: you know, using these, you know, because remember, Mike, this is the first generation um, that was born with processed foods. Right. So from top to bottom, their palate is completely different. I tell chefs all the time, I said, if you cook for anyone under 30, remember their palate is HD and ours is analog. You know what I mean? So, oh, wow. you know, they, uh, their, their ability to ingest high levels of, of, of synthetic flavor is very, very high. You know, you have, you know, if you ever talk to any McDonald's scientists or Burger King, you know, they have something that's called the pleasure thr- threshold and they test stuff to the exact limit where all the salt and all the sodium spike in recipes to get you the maximum pleasure. So, you know, all this uh, food is designed like heroin, you know, where you get that rush all the time. So this is the first generation that was born with that. And that's why we really don't see eye to eye with a lot of stuff is first you have to see the science of what these kids are eating. So, it's going to be really, really salty for you, Mike. But if you, I hear you, what you're saying, and if what you're trying to say is, Carl, get me a reservation, I can get that done for you.
1: Oh, we'll talk after this uh, interview, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would really want to go if you were going to be there. <laughs> well, I can set you up. And,
0: I, and remember, the food is, not diff- is different than politics. We have no problems with collusion, so I can help you. I can collude with you and get you into the Cheetos thing without a problem.
1: We Fine. will collude and no, away, Carl no Ruiz. There collude is no away. Between me and you. <laughs> uh, this yeah. now you know why I I I learned something and I get something out of it at the same time. I learn about this this salt threshold, this salt ecstasy threshold that fast food chefs have to set up in their menus. And then I also find a way to maybe weasel my way into the Cheetos restaurant <laughs> for next week. So it's, it's good. It's oh, such a Carl. thing, Mike. If you ever get a chance, just, yeah. you know,
0: Google how they make this food, how, how the chefs at these fast foods approach new recipes. I've had the opportunity, you know, uh, to be in the sunk works of some of these places. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you're not thinking any which way that I think. You know, we're thinking about balance and harmony and vegetable. And they're just thinking about how can I make someone's eyes roll in the back of their head with it still being legal?
1: <laughs> you know, well, you know, uh, that, that's a conversation that requires a more adult audience. When Oh, you're talking about food. OK, uh, Carl, before I before I cut out, but there, there was sure. a question I had when sure. McDonald's introduced the Big Mac. I'm sorry, not the Big right. Mac, the Egg McMuffin. When McDonald's yeah. added breakfast and introduced the Egg McMuffin, they actually sure. used to crack eggs into that little circular frame and cook right. them on the grill. Right. They mm-hmm. don't do that anymore, do they? No,
0: they don't. And uh, you know what? This is one time where I'll, I'll make a nod to technology. I still think that uh, McDonald's probably has the most honest breakfast program for any mass chain, you know, their, uh, their breakfast food really hasn't been, uh, abused by chemicals and stuff the way their, their, their lunch has, you know, it's no. not that bad. And no, see, let me I, tell you something, it's I'm hard to beat an egg McMuffin. It's hard to beat an egg McMuffin, you know, as a, even as a chef, you know, every once in a while, I'm stuck in an airport and I'm, you know, I get the egg McMuffin. I'm like, that's a damn good
1: sandwich. No, I'm in. Carl, I'm all in on the Egg McMuffin. I just want one at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And the excuse used to be we we have to reserve the grill for the burgers. But now that I know they're not cracking eggs anymore, I can beg for a McMuffin. Some places I'm sure will have it, but they're very limited. But Mickey D's, open it up. Come on. Bring us the Egg McMuffin 24-7. Right, Mike. But you're part of the problem because you say I want
0: an Egg McMuffin at 3 o'clock, so they had to move to a manufactured egg. It's just like people, when I'm sitting in New Jersey in December, they're like, you know, I got some tomatoes today. They weren't that good. I'm like, really? What would make you (laughs) think they would be good with the tundra that's outside? (laughs) You know? Yeah, hydroponics. I dare you to to try to buy a tomato in France in the middle of the winter. It's not going to happen. They have discipline. They understand the seasons. You know, we don't care. We want a strawberry in the middle of January and I'll complain if it has no flavor.
1: (laughs) I love the common sense. That's why I I call this guy my friend. He's he's common (laughs) sense and he's a lot of fun. Carl Ruiz and your wife, Marie Marie's Italian specialties in Chatham, New Jersey. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk about some collusion after the uh, after the phone call here.
0: We'll we'll collude over some
1: wine. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Take care, Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. And there care. he goes, and uh, we'll be back after a break.
0: You're listening to Pure
1: Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. to Pure
0: Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: At the risk of getting my friends down under and some of the people who are over in the uh, United Kingdom upset with me, I have to talk about this story. And in, in the Australia and I believe the UK... If I were on radio, I wouldn't be allowed to talk about things like a fanny pack. Because despite the reality that people everywhere, if you walk around amusement parks or any hiking area, people are wearing fanny packs. But if you mention that in Australia or in England, you'll get some uh, chuckles like 13-year-olds hearing dirty words. Because the word fanny means something different to those people than it means to us here. They use the word bum for the, or butt, when we talk about fanny. But there's, there are Twitter posts about Donald Trump's neck fanny that are all over the Internet. Now, if you're a person who has friends in Australia or the UK, and you run this term by them, you'll know what I'm talking about because they will recoil in horror when they see someone collecting pictures of Donald Trump's neck fanny. But we're allowed to say it because fanny pack is not an offensive term here in the United States. But Donald Trump's neck fanny is causing quite a stir overseas and down under, apparently. I'm I'm sorry if I brought this to light when some of you are having lunch, but um, it's out there. And I just felt like I had to share it with you today. I know. Reel it back in, Mike. Reel it back in. Still to come today, we we need to talk about Anthony Scaramucci. We need to get into the Cuban embassy. We need to talk about the better deal and the merchandise from the Better Deal. And, you know, Australia, while I'm on the subject of ticking you off, you have the cafe that wants to charge men the extra 18% tax for fairness, and now you have uh, a man who's advocating that the Australian government allow men to have multiple wives. What the hell happened to Australia? Please, my friends down under, push the reset button. Get back to your sanity and your fosters. Bring back Mick Dundee, maybe. He'll straighten things out. We'll be right back.
0: Pure Opelka
1: with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.